Good morning. It's good to be with you as we continue together in our time in 2 Timothy. I'm Andy Stoddard. For those of you who don't know me, I'm lead pastor of St. Matthew's United Methodist Church in Madison. And it's good to uh, continue in our Rooted in Christ devotional together as we unpack uh, what Paul is saying to his um, mentee, Timothy, in his first letter to Timothy. So today we'll be reading... Um, Yesterday, we broke up chapter two into two sections. Today, I'm going to pick up with verse eight, and I want to read verse eight through verse 15. So this is 1 Timothy chapter two, verse eight through 15. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument, and that the women should dress themselves modestly, modesty, modestly, and in decent and suitable clothing, not with their hair braided or with gold pearls or with expensive clothes, but with good works as proper for women who profess reverence for God. Let a woman learn in silence with full submission. I permit no woman to teach or have authority over a man. She is to be silent. For as Adam was formed first, then Eve, and as Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing, provided that she continue in faith and love and holiness with modesty. Okay, so now you see why I wanted to kind of break these two sections up because there's two. Uh, there's a lot to unpack with what we just talked about here. So um, let's unpack what we're talking about here. And you have to remember, though, the key to understanding Scripture is to always understand context. When you understand context, it makes things that are very challenging make a lot of sense. I've always liked how the United Methodist Church puts forth in its articles of religion, um, Scripture, uh, that everything needful for salvation is made plain within. So not that more, not that, Certain passages are more inspired than others, but if it's so important that your eternal salvation rests upon it, then God's going to make it very plain in Scripture. So for me, that always means John 3.16 is pretty easy to understand. So I'm going to use John 3.16 as a tool to help me understand the rest of the Bible. So we see even yesterday, we saw that God wishes for all to be saved. So we see that within there. So there's some things Paul's talking about here that are sometimes controversial, especially with the role of men and women. So... um. Paul says that all should pray, uh, every, every place that men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument, and that women should dress themselves modestly and decently in suitable clothing, not with hair braided or gold or pearls or expensive clothing, but with good works. Okay. So I want to talk about the two things Paul says here about women. First is appearance, and then is teaching. So, and the appearance, and, and about just a little, a little historical context here, he is, Timothy is in Ephesus at this point. And so Ephesus is an interesting town. I, 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 Ephesus is the headquarters of, or the center of the worship to the Greek and Roman god, Ar, I mean, Armetius, which is a god that is often extravagant. So when Paul here is speaking about women wearing modest clothing, um, he is calling Christians to live in contrast with culture. So in Ephesus, uh, a town of great wealth, uh, a town of pagan worship, where, and the word he uses here for modesty is a word that is not used often in scripture. So when Paul is talking about that, he's really contrasting it with, with more uh, to how the world is, 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 is living. Um, and so that we are clothed not, to, we are called women, and I would even put forth men, are clothed not to be clothed, are called to be clothed not with extravagance, but to be clothed modestly, modestly 
Uh, I think that's true for all of us. And, and I think our forefather, John Wesley, is a great example of that because Wesley always, you know, railed against Methodists that uh, dressed too finely or had too much possessions or owed too much. So I, I love that Paul here is making this contrast between being dressed extravagantly or being dressed, uh, verse 10, verse 9 and 10, um, not with a hair braided or with gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good works. That's proper for women who profess reverence for God. So Paul's here, Paul's thing he's doing here is calling the women, and I would say all of us, to understand that our worth and our and our value does not come from our outward dress or outward appearance, but that we should dress mm, with good works and then dress modestly. I, and I think this goes back, like I said, to Wesley. Wesley would ask his Methodist, how much are they spending on clothes? And could that not could that clothes not be better used to help the poor? You know, how many coats do we need? How many how many um, how many pair of shoes do we need? We live in a world of overconsumption. We live in a world where our worth is often defined by how big our closet is. And could not our overconsumption could not those resources have been used to better help the poor, to better help those in need. So I think that's where Paul is going with this, that we need to dress with modesty and dress nicely, but, you know, um, but also understand that that our great greater dress is of good works and that we can and should use our resources, not for our appearance, but for to do good with others. I, I don't think this is a condemnation necessarily against wearing a nice suit or a nice piece of jewelry. Or things such as that. I don't think this has been to be taken in a legalistic sense. However, I do think it's it's an encouragement to understand that um, that our that humility is a good thing. <laughs> humility and modesty is a good thing. So, uh, so that Paul does that, and then then let's let's, let's get into the part about teaching. Verse eleven: A woman should learn in full silence with full submission. Permit a woman to teach and not have authority over a man. She's to be kept silent. Okay. So once again, context, this goes back to what they're dealing with in Ephesus, which is a lot of false teaching. Um, ben Witherington, who's a, a great uh, Wesleyan scholar and theologian, uh, taught for years at Asbury Seminary in Kentucky. There's a really good textual criticism of this passage here, and it looks a lot like Paul's works in 1 Corinthians, where Paul, he says very similar things here in 1 Corinthians. And in that passage, Paul is talking about disruption of worship how people were in worship and they were disrupting the service by asking too many questions. So for Paul in Corinthians and, and Witherington would say in this passage as well, it isn't that he's telling women they can't speak, but it's that they have to be submissive or silent in that setting because every learner, every learner should be submissive to the teacher and to the what they're learning. Think of think of what the centurion says to Jesus in the gospel. Where he tells Jesus, I see that you're a man under authority as myself, as am I. Jesus Christ says to the Father, says, um, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours. We see that Jesus submits himself to the will of the Father. So Paul's thing here is more about women in that context. When you when you take this passage here and match it up with 1 Corinthians, you see he's talking here about Incorrect teaching, disruption of worship, talking about how things are, are, are out of place, 
um, and that that we should seek in that worship and teaching setting that women should not be disruptive, nor should men. He says in Corinthians, God's a God of order, not of chaos. So that, that's where he's going with this. This is more of a caution against false teaching than it is anything else. And that all of us who are learning and who are teaching should, um, all of us who are learning should submit to the teacher to learn what we can do. And then, of course, the childbearing thing, our media, so I mentioned earlier, she was that, she was also the God of childbearing. So when Paul does that, and that, that remember, that's why context is so important. So the childbearing thing, which seems so out of place for us, that contrast that, okay, this Roman God who you're worshiping, who's the God of childbearing? No, 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 no. This Roman God of childbearing is not who's going to save you. But as but as a, as a Christian, when you when you live in the context of the family God's given you and you you give life, that giving life is what saves us. Life is beautiful. And so Paul here is making that direct contrast as a Christian to the Roman God we talked about earlier. So this passage here, when you understand the historical context of Ephesus, when you understand the historical context of the um, heresy in their church, when you understand the cultural context, both in terms of clothing and in terms of teaching, when you understand the historical context in terms of, of, a, of a student listening to the teacher, this makes a little bit more sense. So there's a lot here uh, that I think for all of us as Christians, we can, I think all of us should aspire to modesty, women and men. Are we finding our worth on our material possessions? Are we finding our worth in in our good works and our submission to Jesus? And all of us should submit to good teaching and seek to be orderly in worship and seek to live an ordered life and understand that life itself comes not from any pagan God or anything outside of our Lord, that life flows from God, that he is the giver of life, not some false deity but the sovereign God of heaven. So a lot of stuff here in Corinthians that going a little bit deeper and understanding the context helps make a lot more sense. Hope this is helpful. I'd welcome any questions you have. Uh, shoot me an email, comment below, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to continue this conversation in some way. Appreciate you being with us this morning. Uh, tomorrow we're going to pick up with um, uh, chapter three. I uh, look forward to uh, visiting with you. Have a great day. <music>